listening to a One Pint Stand, a Minnesota craft beer podcast that tells the stories of craft beer in Minnesota and beyond. So kick back, relax, and grab a cold one. The show starts now. Hello, my name is Dan Bobian, and I write, produce, and host a One Pint Stand. I'm so ecstatic that you are listening. This podcast is my way of sharing my passion for craft beer and the stories of the people in and around the craft beer industry with you all. We're in the throes of Oktoberfest season, so it seems like craft beer kismet that this episode is all about Giesenbroi Beer Company in New Prague, Minnesota. I've wanted to sit down with Aaron and Tom for years to have them tell their beer story about Giesenbroi. And it was a not-so-gentle suggestion from Tom's wife, Becca, at the Minnesota Craft Brewers Cup Awards that I should come down for a podcast. More on that story in the episode. So here we are, uh, set to have a wonderful chat about the brewery, their love of beer, and their community, and of course, their upcoming Oktoberfest. So, let's head down to the tap room for the beer conversation on a one-pint stand. Cheers. Welcome to another on-location episode of a one-pint stand. My name is Dan Bovian, and we are down here in New Prague, Minnesota at Giesenbroi Beer Company. I'm joined by Aaron and Tom, two of the muckety-mucks down here at the brewery. Co-owners? Co-founders? What, what are your official titles? I mean... I'm I'm the owner, the sole owner, and then he's our head brewer, and but he's been with us. I mean, we've been doing this together the whole time, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. And you are Aaron. Yeah. And I'm Aaron. I'm Tom. And Tom, Aaron, and Tom. Okay. And uh, this, I'll tell you what, uh, this podcast has been years in the in the making. The very first time I came down here, which I believe was fall. Would have been fall 2017. 2017. Yeah. Uh, I came down with Jim Stroner and then Eric Wentling. Um, We kind of did a little, we we went to Mankato, kind of swung back on Saturday for the Oktoberfest. And I think our intention was, or Jim's intention was like, hey, maybe we can do a podcast. And then I... I set one foot in like not the podcast is not happening today because yeah. it was in the, uh, the the building was in the throes of revelry for your Oktoberfest uh, and that was the very first time I'd come down that would have been 2018 then uh, right? yeah, yeah 2018 because our first Oktoberfest was 2018 because we opened in 2017 but after Oktoberfest would have happened yeah okay. so it must have been 2018 yeah. yeah anyhow I have not missed an Oktoberfest since yeah uh, even came up for the uh, COVID one where we, it was very, you know, regimented 90 minutes sit yeah. on the patio, very yeah. sanitary, uh, very fun. <laughs> uh, we made it work. Yeah, we made I it work. I think I have, I don't know how many liter steins. I have more liter steins than I do opposable thumbs yeah. of yours. Yeah. So that's kind well, of You fun. can never have too many. Yeah. Well, according to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> there, there needs to be a calling of the herd uh, down there. At some point. <laughs> well, they're all different, though. Yeah, it's a collector's you know. item. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, 
it had been a number of years. I, I, it's not like I haven't visited. I, right. I've been right. I've been down here more times than I've been to certain breweries in the Twin Cities that I could bike to. Um, but I just love the vibe down here, and I love the people yeah. behind it. And so I want to thank you both for having me down here. Absolutely. Um, taking time out of your – it's a really nice summer day. You could yeah. be out doing a bazillion other things, but you're talking to a goofball like me with my Bob Barker 70s microphone. Right. Um, I mean, I've, this is the perfect day to drink a Hellas, though, so we're I not mean, really that far off yeah, from what we would be doing If it wasn't so normally. windy, I think we'd be about 15 feet that way. Yeah. Yeah. Underneath yeah, the you, hot vines. You do have a very nice patio. It's, it's, it's evolved over the years. It has. Uh, yeah. I like that there are lights and some nice little, uh, what do you call those? Uh, shade... Fan, like yeah. sun, sun sails, I think. Sun yeah, sails. Shade okay. Sa- yeah. Shade yeah. sails. Shade sails. Uh, yeah, it's good. You got hops growing out there, uh, but we're in that. We're in the tap room, which is just year round has a, a kind of a feel of a of a beer hall, uh, uh, a la Oktoberfest. Although I've never been to Oktoberfest yeah. in Germany, you have picnic tables. Although we were talking earlier, you, you yep. get some flack from the. Uh, from the old school we do. Germans because yeah. your benches have backs. Right. They say them. that's cheating. Yeah. Yeah, but it's so much more comfortable. Yeah. Right. They, say, they say, how do you know if you're drunk, if you, if you can just lean back? You know, that's because in Germany, they don't really have the backs on most yeah. of theirs. Yeah. So that they, you know. Without the back, then when you fall over, you know it's time to go home. Yeah, I suppose. That's a fail safe. <laughs> this is good. I, I won't fall over. I've never fallen off of a... a picnic uh, an Oktoberfest bench although what I have done is I have been uh, I guess you could say socked in the grain bags uh, when somebody else gets up and you get that teeter-totter thing and kind of hits you uh, right in the bread basket Um, (laughs) so we've been talking about doing a podcast for many years for sure and what solidified it was this year at the Minnesota Brewers Cup Awards. Yeah, uh, we're gonna we're gonna get into the awards specifically uh, a little later, but um, you won. Yeah. Uh, for the was it first place for the first for the Hellas, first for the Hellas, and second for American IPA yeah. with the Bavarian Gangsta. Bavarian Gangsta, yeah. Yeah, yeah and then uh, Tom, your wife yeah. Becca, who is a real character. <laughs> 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 I I came over to congratulate you, and her first words were like, "Does this mean you're going to come down and do a fucking podcast now?" Well, <laughs> you know, you ring the bell and I will answer. That's yep. all you had to say, Becca. Yeah. So I'm down here. We're having a good time. Uh, so I guess I want to start off with, um, you know, before you uh, give us give us like the 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 spoken word Wikipedia page of how. Giesenbroy came to be and how your relationship came to be such that you wanted to start this place together. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I started going to Germany when I was in high school and I did exchange groups and I went to the same city every time and it kind of became a second home. And over there, you know, Hellas and Weissbier are pretty much all you drink. And so I grew up drinking quality real beer flavored beer kind of stuff and so like I've always had a passion for beer and I continued that passion I kept going back to Germany um, and then in 2008 I went over and did a, an exchange program called the Junior in Munich 
that's when I met Tom's sister, and then we started going out, and then eventually we got married. Um, but before that, we actually went back to Germany for a year and lived over there when I was in grad school. And during that time, it was like, you know, I really, university life is not for me. Like, I don't want to be a teacher. I don't know what I'm going to do with a German degree. Yeah, that's a, that's a, a grad German profession. Degree. Yeah. Well, and the, I, good for the people that appreciate it and can do it, and I love teachers, but that just was not my calling. So I, all my friends over there for a long time had been saying, like, you know, Aaron, beer is like a profession. Like, it's something you can do for a livelihood. Like, you don't. You already speak German. Clearly, you're not going to be like an academic, so why don't you do something different? And it was like, yeah, maybe I should. And then, you know, every time you're in Germany, you're sitting in a beer garden, and you're like, man, we should have one of these. Like, why don't we have a beer garden like this in our home state or in America or whatever? And so that year uh, was 2012, and I moved. we moved back, and I actually, with a couple of friends in Colorado, we thought we were going to start a project out there. And uh, after we got into the initial, like, just looking at it, we were like, wow, we don't know shit about what we're doing. Like, we should probably figure this out. And so I started looking for a job at a brewery um, or something like that. And I, in the meantime, got my, certif- my Cicerone certification. And then I got a job at a brew pub called Colorado Plus. And the brewer there took me under his wing. Um, and so then instead of trying to open my own place, I went for three years, trained with a master brewer, also bartended, was in charge of their beer selection, got to try, I don't know, I think I calculated it at like 6,000 different beers from Colorado during that time. Wow. Because I had 150 different breweries that were all trying to get on tap at our place because we had 56 taps all dedicated to Colorado craft beers. Holy crap. So, That's and, awesome. And Colorado is, I mean, if you were going to learn beer probably yeah. one of the best places in the United States to do so. Yeah, there was there's a whole ton of breweries. We, and I got to see lots of good breweries, and I got to see lots of startups, and I got to taste everything under the sun that you can imagine. So so anyway, yeah, we that, that dream of opening something kind of got put on the back burner. But then after I got some experience at Colorado Plus and started looking around, and um, my wife and I had bought a house in the meantime, it's like, well, if we sold our house in Denver, that would be the right amount of money to actually go and talk to a bank and get a loan to open something in a smaller community. And I was like, well, your hometown of New Prague is the perfect size for a small startup brewery. There's not a brewery there. We can't do it in Denver. And so that was kind of like, well, maybe we should make the move and move back to uh, Minnesota. Okay. And so once we started doing that, Tom was a fan of craft beer and like, hey, that sounds like fun. I don't know what your exact yeah. story, how you, like, how you interpret that. <laughs> this is where it you know gets I mean? awkward because like, he's like, I didn't want to do it, but I felt well, awkward. So, I mean, for the longest time, I thought I was going to be a college basketball coach and that was my whole goal. And then I got there. I got there and I realized I didn't want to be there. <laughs> so, like, I didn't want to be a German right, teacher. Right, right. I, I didn't I, mind teaching. It was everything else. Sure. Yeah. 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 And so, I, you know, I, I had a different job that I, it, was, it was fine. And then uh, Aaron started contemplating this whole, you know, brewery thing. And I went, hey, that sounds like it would be a lot more fun than sitting at a desk. And, uh, yeah, I had, I had started home brewing with my buddy that I was living with back in, like, 2011, 2012. Um, and it was just kind of a hobby on the side. Um, and then, yeah, it kind of became a, a little bit more than that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tom was Tom was integral in the initial setup phase just because I was coming out here and he had he knew a lot of just the area better and, yeah. and had a little more connection. So he was helping me like get around and and we were looking at places and all that kind of well, stuff. Well, that's where I mean the the Geeson family in New Prague is we're related to half the town at least i was gonna say it's very similar to like the uh you know in the godfathers like the five families you're like yeah, one of the five we families are we definitely <laughs> are and uh you know i grew up here my dad grew up here so we've got a lot of connections we know a lot of people um we knew everybody would be excited about it and uh it, it just seemed like a no-brainer yeah, yeah. Did, did you entertain any other like areas or did you kind of just feel like once you kind of started putting the pieces together that this is just a no-brainer based on and it, it kind of came down to what our our mission was and it wasn't necessarily to be the next you know surly pumping out you know thousands of barrels and you know going nuts it was to be a community place you know yeah. to get people out and having fun and tasting delicious beer and, and to kind of educate a community too. Um, well, it's pretty bush light heavy. So it's, it's mm-hmm, been yeah. fun to, to kind of educate everybody <laughs> on like, there's other things out there and, and they realize how great it can be and how intricate it can be. It's not as simple as they think. And that's kind of been a lot of fun. Yeah. And I was going to say from, from my standpoint, there wasn't really another, area like I wouldn't have moved back to a random town somewhere where we didn't have a connection but moving back here where we had the connection to the family and all the you know relatives that live in the area and stuff that made it a lot easier um to to do that like it just seemed like the perfect spot you know I wasn't I wasn't really looking at like oh we could move to rural wherever or we could move to this small town or whatever it was I kind of had decided like it was New Prague and then if it hadn't been New Prague we might have held off for a while or done something different so that having the family connection really made that made like this the spot for me because we have all that connection and like the immediate family that lives in the area as well you know yeah was the city of New Prague pretty uh, easy to work with and um, pretty positive about the idea they had entertained um, somebody else who was kind of looking at the potentially doing something, and they were super excited about it, and had already kind of passed yeah, they changed these all their city ordinances. And, and, and so when that didn't happen, and we came forward and said we want to do something, they were super excited, and they're like, "Oh, look, <laughs> it's already a little bit of like, like yeah. yes, yes, please do." <laughs> we already wanted it, so here okay. you go. This is what we want. I mean, as you a know. side note, the city called us and said, "Hey, we have this antique bar." which you've seen before. Oh, yeah. Yes. They, they called us and said, we have this antique bar sitting in our parks garage, and we're looking for a home for it. Would you guys yeah, like to use it? it? Literally I just mean, like, that's how easy they were to work with. So they were, uh, they what did us. that used to be part of? Or what, it was, where, in, where it was, was it? in a bar downtown New Prague. Yeah, in a saloon. Um, it's from 1910. Give or take. I believe yeah, around it's 1910. It's about oh, okay. years old. And uh, the top is one solid piece of mahogany, and it's like... It's it's pretty neat to be able to like tell the story like yeah this is a piece of New Prague a piece history of New Prague yeah that we you know get to have and show everybody and yeah. yeah I guess I didn't realize that that there was such a 
history and a story behind the bar. It's really yeah. cool. Honestly, I don't think I've ever noticed how ornate the bar is. Yeah. Um, usually, because like when I'm here, it's you know, there's, there's, <laughs> there's a lot more people, people and, in front of it. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. What was the What was the bar called? Ma Reeboks. Yeah. Okay. And it was. It changed. It changed what it did over a while because it was pre-prohibition, and then during prohibition they were like a malt shop, and then they did like oh. a bottling plant there. And after a while, it eventually moved into the basement of City Hall, I think in the fifties. And then during that time, they actually set the bar up, and they had taps flowing down there. So yeah. the, um, I've got uncles who are firefighters that are like, "Yeah, I used to drink at this bar all the yeah. time." Oh, that's cool. So, so like they they remember it from the being in the basement. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's really neat, and I think I think that is, um, you know, that, that's a good lead into kind of like uh, what what I feel is, makes this place special is that there's definitely a unique feel to Giesenbroi. There's a there's a, a very very strong identity. Um, I think about like I mean we're in Minnesota alone. We're over the 200 brewery mark. A lot of those breweries kind of, I think, get not necessarily lost in the shuffle, but it's like, oh, yeah, this could be like the same brewery, except it's in a different city. Yeah. Um, this has a unique feel um, <clears throat> from the bar that has bar top that has been, you know, a thing for over 100 years to it being kind of rooted deep in the DNA of the town. Um, was that all on purpose? Did you, when you were sitting down to do the business plan, were you like, okay, we're going to lean really heavy into this? Or were you like, let's just, you know, go through the BJCP style guidelines and just brew as many of these as we can? Is this on purpose or on accident? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it was always designed to be... Of a community place. I mean, like, you, you know, the concept of a third space. Like, yes. that's in a town like this, like, that's kind of what you want. You want to have your regulars, you want people to feel welcome when they come in, and really leaning into the community aspect and the family aspect and, like, tying everything back to the town, like, with the bar and stuff. Like, that was, I think, kind of the, the goal all along. And as then, far as the beer, I mean, that, that just ties back to Germany. Yeah. And, and where. Again, like, if you go to Germany, every small town has a brewery. Like, there's not, you know, one big brewery that runs all of Germany. You know, there's yeah. a few that are big and well-known. But as soon as you get out of, like, Munich, each small town you go to pretty much has their own brewery. And yeah. they have a Helles, maybe a Dunkel. A Hefeweizen. Maybe a Hefeweizen, and that's it. Well, and then they do a Bach, like, and they do a... But, you know, like, seasonally. Yeah. But, but, like, that's, your, your you know, options are Hef, Helles... Dunkel, like, that's it. It's not so, everything under the sun. We wanted to be that, you know, small brewery outside of the cities that people can rely on. Um, and we knew right away that we wanted a Hellas yeah. and, and a Hef. And we, and we wanted to model those beers off of what we had in Germany and, you know, try to get as close as possible. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the main goal of the brewery always from its inception was to create a Hellas that tasted like you were sitting in a beer garden in Munich. Yeah. You know, like that's, that was always, that's the thing that Tom and I spent, I mean, we, we finally have won a couple of awards for the Hellas and stuff, as you mentioned earlier, but like we spent so much time perfecting this beer to be 
what it is, and that's always been our main driver, and it's it's paid off. I mean, it's our it's our top seller. Everybody loves it. The people that drink Bush Light, when they get this in their hand, they're like, oh, I didn't know a light beer could have flavor, and it's you know like that kind of. And honestly, the and it's, the greatest compliment I'm I'm noticing is other brewers in the state taking notice. You know. Aaron Zier up at Lubalin noticing that this is a great beer and telling and every time he sees me he has to tell me and like that makes me feel good every time like yeah. that is fantastic and like that, you know, the, that is a good feeling There's, those brewers that I know are fantastic at what they do actually noticing you know what the time that we put into it is, yeah. is great and, and over the years we've had a handful of people from Germany that have made their way into here that live in Munich or live around somewhere in Bavaria and they come in and drink this and they're like, that's a damn fine Hellas. Like getting that from somebody that drinks Hellas regularly, from, yeah. you know, like coming here, we were trying to emulate and, and they try it and they're like, that's awesome. Like keep doing what you're doing. So that's, that's tremendous to hear. I think it's, I mean, a compliment from somebody that you respect Right. Carries so much. That weight. that honestly means more to me than like. I mean, obviously, an award is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But hearing other brewers say that they like our beer is honestly such a great compliment. Yeah. In itself. Yeah. Now, obviously, you have more than just three beers on tap. I'm looking right, right now. I'm one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Yeah. Am I counting that right? Yeah. Yeah. So if somebody had never been down here before and they they were thinking about coming down, which, yeah. by the way, I live in St. Paul. It took me 51 minutes to get here today. Yeah. Very easy drive. All highway. Yeah. Um, I think some people don't really understand how to read a map sometimes, and they're like, well, this looks <laughs> a little far. No, it's not. It's It's like easy. Um, so, you know, if you haven't been down here to Giesenbroy in New Prague, it is literally a hop, skip, and a jump down 35, and then it's like three turns after that, yeah. and you're here. Uh, what should somebody expect coming down here? What, what sort of uh, beer experience will they have? Um, I mean, we have our flagships, you know, our Hellas, our Giesenweiss, our Bavarian Gangster, our German IPA that we've had since the beginning. Um, but then now the, the German IPA that is traditionally served in a Kaiser helmet, uh, yeah. right? Is that yeah. how you, do you still do that? Or? Uh, yeah. I mean the uh, yeah, yeah. We, we kind of made that one up. Uh, it's you can't see it, but oh, okay. Quotes, German. Um, I mean that's why it's called Bavarian Gangsta because nobody brews an IPA over there, but the Hallertau Blanc and Mandarin and Bavaria hops, and then we use Pilsner and Munich malt. Like those two, just the, that combination actually makes a quality IPA. It fits into the American IPA category, I think, more than the... the, There isn't really a German IPA. Yeah, right. Uh, But we like to still, you know, we're not going to shy away from brewing other styles. Um, You know, we've got a barrel-aged, you know, Imperial. We've got, right now we have a Trapel, a black IPA, um, a Hazy, which we we held off for a while, but, you know... Well, we, we brewed, came we, around. We've always brewed the original Hazy. We've always had yeah. a half of Weizen yep. on yeah. tap. That's true. But, yep. yeah, we finally started making a Hazy with some hops. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I has mean, been really well received because Tom did a great yeah. job developing the recipe. Yeah. And it's, it's a good beer. 
it's just it, it hurt a little bit, but now it's it's whatever. <laughs> the band yeah. is off. I feel like at this point in time, you just have to. Yeah, there's it's, no it's people. People, people come in expecting it, like kind of like in Germany, you would go and expect to find a Pilsner have fights in a Hellas. Right. You know. <laughs> in yeah. America, yeah. you go into a you German brewery and all you find is IPAs. You're gonna go, oh, yeah. I'm gonna want. Well, <laughs> yeah, we are. We are actually for our for our brew list a little a little hop heavy right now than we, we normally are because a lot of times we have four or five loggers on tap. We've yeah. got we've always got the Hellas. We usually, we've got the pills on right now. Yeah, the we'll Dzinki is, yeah. is a good one. But lots of times we'll have a Dunkel. A Dunkel or a Dark Lager. Doppelbach. Doppelbach, yeah. Check Dark will be coming out soon. Or, yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. For the brew schedule, is it kind of brew with the seasons, or are the beers that are on tap kind of dictated by demand of what people coming in are wanting? Um, we, we do, I mean, seasonally, especially for our more traditional stuff, you know, the Dunkel, the Doppel, the, the Fest beer, that, that type of stuff that is seasonal in, in its own. Yeah. Um, but then other stuff, it's just kind of whatever, <laughs> whatever yeah. hits, floats our boat at yeah. the time. And, uh, well, and we, yeah. we've got a, the size of our brewery forever has allowed us to just kind of figure out what we want to brew when we want to brew it and you know make it happen which is which is nice we have a little bit of a it's oversized a little bit for being able to do extra lagers because we knew that we were going to want to do that kind of stuff but we do have certain seasonals that come out certain times a year and then we've got we've got the two barrel pilot system which we'll just throw whatever we can in there sure sure so we do rotate all i mean well i'd like to do another smoked again we we do a lot of smoked beers it just kind of depends on when we have time. Yeah. But that's my favorite style. It's just a traditional Bomberg smoked Mertzen. Okay. So uh, we've done that a few times, and I've messed around with smoked hefts and some other, you know, stuff. So I'd, I'd like to keep doing yeah. those, too. Yeah. We have one of those in the in the queue, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Another one. Shh. Don't tell. <laughs> all, all seven listeners and my one uh, faithful listener, Charles, always. Yeah. He, uh, Charles, I, if I don't mention his name. Don't say it, Charles. In a, in a podcast, he gets real upset. And uh, so I have to give him a shout out. He's actually right now in Montana uh, out <laughs> in, on like a, like, a, like a nature quest. So um, what, in addition to kind of like the flagships, what are, what are some of the crowd favorites? I have to um, imagine that. Doppel the Hut. Doppel the Hut is that's is that's the beer that kind of really uh, got Hot me got me going on this place, and it wasn't the beer is sensational. But I'm also a ginormous Star Wars nerd. My yeah. personal uh, Instagram is Bobby One Kenobi. Right. And when I saw Doppel the Hut, I'm like, oh, that's a good name. Uh, <laughs> so what are what are some of the the ones that the locals really clamor for? Uh, I guess. The Berliner Weiss, Lemmy Winks. Yeah, Lemmy Winks, the Berliner Weiss. Um, that one, we rotate flavors right now. It's strawberry, rhubarb. Do raspberry, pineapple. Yeah. That one's always popular in the summer. That one's always just one people are always excited for. Yeah. We do a Irish Red, named yep. after our German teacher, uh, Patrick O'Malley. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Patrick O'Malley. Of course. He's a German yeah, teacher. He's yeah. our German well, teacher. Well, so that it's makes called sense. O'Malley. It's called O'Malley. <laughs> um, and yeah, I it kind of 
There's there's a few. Yeah. Know. I mean, we we try to make beer flavored beer. So yeah. whenever we put stuff out, like people that like that style generally have a positive response to it. Like the couple of Belgians that we've made wouldn't be something you'd necessarily expect from us, but they're they've been awesome. Those people have been, love them. Yeah, people we did a Saison and a Yeah, Saison and Trapel. Okay. People are real around here we're really excited when they say yeah. that. Yeah. Well I think it's I mean, right now if you're going to try to find a well made Belgian beer, good luck. Because yeah. I think number one, I don't think they're very profitable. They don't sell well. And number two, a lot of people hear Belgian and they get really, uh, it's an intimidating style to kind of like if you're getting into craft beer to wrap your head around. But when it's yeah. brewed well, it's quite an experience. Right. So I look forward to trying that uh, Trapel as we as we meander through the, the <laughs> gauntlet of uh, talking points that I've prepared yeah. Yeah. for you. Um, I think one of the one of the things that I really like about the beer list is like coming in there's there's something for everybody yeah. and I think so that is the first uh, I think Giesenbräu is inclusive in many ways but I think that's yeah. just first foremost boom you come in here nobody's going to be like oh I can't drink any of this stuff like you said um, there's a <laughs> a generation a lot of people grew up thinking that beer could not possibly have flavor correct you know and yeah. so you're on the front <laughs> yeah. lines of yeah. kind of uh flipping that narrative on its on its side yeah we're um, in a, we're definitely in a community that it was very used to their you know american light lagers yeah. and and we knew that coming in which is part of the reason we wanted to make sure well like we're gonna have a hellas all the time yeah it's yeah. a great and i'm so happy you do because this is this is always at a beer festival every time i come to your booth which i do frequently uh i always have to have at least one pour of the hellas just to kind of like it's like uh you know kind of like my pacer you know for the uh for the for a marathon runner they uh (laughs) they probably use different tools for me when i'm uh, on my beer marathon i'm like all right let's reset the palate here's the good beer calibrate okay i'm off again um But this summer at uh, All Pints, I think I'd had the Lemmy Winks before, yeah. but I tried it uh, this summer, and it was really good. Yeah. Uh, really what just... What did we bring up there this year? That was strawberry rhubarb, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, yep. strawberry rhubarb, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That was really so good. the one thing that we always hear people say that they like about it is that it definitely is a more tart sour. Yeah. Um, sometimes when you get into those kettle sours, it can be a little overwhelming. Mm-hmm. On the on the sourness, um, some tart, some some sours in general just are a whole nother thing, and this is it's light and refreshing. Yeah, and we well, and that's a, yeah. I think it's more of a. I think too many people equate when they see a Berliner Weiss and like, oh, it's going to be like a like a the kettle sour that unfortunately I think a lot of us are have become accustomed to, which is way too acidic, way too. Yeah. Um, I, uh, uh, flavor wise, it's not uh, it's not a, uh, artificial. That's yeah, the word I'm looking for. It's not very natural. You know? um, yeah. But but Lemmy Winks is a very I don't, like. And I think that that kind of goes with how we do it, yeah. and we do it kind of the traditional German way because of the whole Rheinheinsgebot. Not you know you ha- you can only use you know four ingredients. Yeah, we use uncrushed Pilsner, and we kind of dip it in the yeah. wort. 
Yeah, Uncrushed Pilsner Malt actually is a host for uh, lactic lactic bacteria. Oh. So we just dip the uncrushed Pilsner malt into the, once we get it to the right temp in the kettle, Okay. Just dip that in there and the lactic bacteria goes. We let it sit for a few days. It goes in there and then that. it naturally ferments with that lactic, um, not lactic So instead acid. of yeah. pitching a lacto yeah. or whatever, we're, we're naturally in, in introducing Inoculating it. Inoculating it. How did, okay, talk me through how the uncrushed Pilsner, is it's it? It's just something that's in the process of, of making the malt. Okay. And, and it, the, I'm drawing a blank, but the bacteria that creates lactic acid that lives, it just naturally occurs on Pilsner malt. Okay. The higher you kiln the malt, the more it dies off. But oh, sure. Okay. But if you really lightly kilned malt, then it'll live on there. And so if you, like, you take a, okay. we take the Weirman Pilsner, which has that naturally occurring, and then we, basically like a tea bag, we just stick it in the wort a couple times, and then that washes off into the thing, and then over the course of about three days, it naturally ferments and sours. You know, and interesting. I've never yeah, heard that before. That's really like interesting. Really smooth. Instead of getting that super intense sourness, it yeah. is like a really pleasant tart. Yeah. Because we're not it's doing not it with too with overwhelming. that's intended to make it super sour or whatever. It just kind of naturally ferments and does its own thing. And then, and then after that, we boil. And then we pitch regular yeast on it to ferment. Okay. Yeah. Because it's really, it's just really pleasing to the palate. It's not, some of some of the different ones I've had are like a, a major shock to the system, but this one yeah. is just like easy drinking, but it's like the, per, for, for me, it's like the just right amount of tart, kind of acidic little bit of a, gets, yeah. kind of gets you a little, uh, a little bit. When I Still try to explain bit. it to people that have no idea, I always equate it to like a margarita. Like it's just got a little bit Well, yeah, because it's that. got a bit of a salinity to it too, yeah. Yeah. a little it's, bit. But yeah. it's, it's easy enough to... And they're like, oh, well, that's that's not crazy sour. I can handle that. And then they tr- that gets them to try it. And then they're yeah. like, oh, yeah. Yeah. This isn't crazy. I can drink this. Yeah. So sp- I want to ask a question. Um, how big, what size brew house do you have? And um, kind of like what is your expected uh, number of barrels for the year that you will have done? First part, we have a 10-barrel brew house. Okay. Uh, we have three 10 barrel fermenters and one 20 barrel. And other than the occasional offshoot, like the Fest beer, the 20 barrel is just filled with Hellas every single time we brew it. Or every time it empties, we refill it with Hellas. Okay. I think this year we're on pace to get closer to 450, maybe five. Okay. Wow. Which, which has to do with our, our canning line and the fact that we started distributing a little bit. But um, yeah, I remember. In house, we brew. Probably 300 easy just for the tap room. Okay. I remember at when uh, the Craft Brewers Conference was here, I was uh, the one day I got to go. Um, I saw you both uh, kicking the tires on the, the canning line yeah. that you had purchased, yeah. which is pretty fun. You, I, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I took a picture of you. I sent it to Maria. I'm like, look at <laughs> look at these two goofballs. They're like kids in a Toys R Us, yeah, <laughs> just loving right. life. Um, and we had uh, was it the guys from Lakeville, and oh, yeah. the people started throwing their stickers on it because they knew <laughs> yeah. it was ours. They're like, they're like oh, that's Geese and Bros. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, they started funny. trying to hide stickers <laughs> on it. Yeah. Oh, Glenn. So yeah. uh, I I graduated with, with his older brother. He graduated in my sister's class from Henry Sibley. Okay. Um, I, he, that guy's a character. I really like him. I 
he'll never come on the podcast. He is so scared. I'm like, what? come on, you're like good at talking. One time I did a Facebook Live at like the Summer Beer Dabbler. He literally tried to run away. Uh, luckily, I'm very fleet of foot, right. so I was able to <laughs> catch up with him. But he, yeah, he's like, no, I can't do it. I'm like, really? Okay, fine. Um, that's funny that... Uh, yeah, I, there were a lot of stickers on there. I'm like, I thought you said this was yours, but that. Um, yeah. So you purchased that. I mean, and at then, least it shows we have some friends, right? Right. Yeah. I yeah. Guess some, yeah. People some, like us. some people like us. <laughs> well, because when they opened up, because um, they're a brew pub. Right. So for those of you listening, the brew pub, if you have a brew pub, you can ha- bring in guest taps. You can also have uh, liquor and wine if you so choose. Uh, you're on tap at. Lakeville. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and maybe Invergrove too as well. Yeah. We have been in the past. Yeah. yeah we, we, we worked with Glenn when a lot, like when they got to a certain point, they needed a lot of guest taps cause yeah. their Lakeville brewery couldn't handle it. And in the interim, when they were trying to build Invergrove and get that, that brew house set up, they were going through a lot of beer. So we were, I was bringing Glenn a lot of kegs. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then they opened their new facility, and they're like, "Cool, thanks, sorry." <laughs> it's like, it's like, all right, fine, whatever. Open your new facility with twenty or eight twenty barrel fermenters and yeah. whatever. The Invergrove Brewery That's is huge. beautiful. Yeah, I don't know if you've been in there. That Invergrove. Uh, you know, I haven't. I've and and Glenn gives me shit every time he uh, <laughs> he sees me. <laughs> yeah, because I haven't been. Um, usually, what happens every time I make my way down here, I say to myself. Maybe I'll stop at Lakeville on the way back. Oh, yeah. And you can set your watch to it. I come here, and you've got a tap list that very much is in line with what I like to drink. And I you know, have a, a, a safe amount here, but it means no more beer stops. Right. Uh, so... Glenn, if you're listening, it's not, uh, I'm not trying to offend you that I haven't been to Lakeville yet, but it's um, not you, Glenn. Yeah, it's not you. It's, it's, it's not you, it's me. Uh, <laughs> 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 say that. <laughs> yeah, but he, what he, he said, what did he say? He was really razzing me at all points because I'm like, oh, I asked him a question. He's like, well, you would know if you ever decided to stop in, you asshole. I'm oh, like, yeah. okay, yeah. good to see you too. Uh, <laughs> but no, he's a, he's a good guy. I, I, so I bet. I went to Inver Grove. Yeah. Oh, this is what it was. Because I thought I had stumbled upon one of the last remaining A&W root beer places where they, like, put the tray on your car window. Oh, yeah. When I was on my way up to Duluth, I stopped at 320 Brewing in Pine City. And he's like, we've got one in, in, in Inver Grove. You'd know that if you'd ever stop in. <laughs> and I said, actually, Inver Grove is the one of your two places that I've been to. Uh, that was like in the pandemic summer. So it was a very, but yeah, their, their, their beer and their food, their nachos, they come on like a baking sheet. It's just as they should. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. As they should. I'm like places. Hey, restaurants, if you're listening, if you're serving your nachos on a plate, you're, you're, no. you're, you're, gonna spread them out. you're running your business into the ground. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> the nachos are meant to be served on a baking plate. Absolutely. Uh, you heard it here first. So 10 barrel brew house. You said you have a two barrel kind of like a kind of pilot system, pilot system, yeah. R and D yeah. system. Well, the, the brew system, it's actually a one barrel brew brew house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for, I yeah. Know word. Um, and then, but we have two, two barrel fermenters. So we can double batch on that, and okay. we've got it set up to do two boils at the same time, and then so we can do two barrels in one day and then run it into two barrels. Okay. And you said this year uh, was about around 400 barrels. Next year, shooting for 
over there. Yeah, I uh, I can look that up and give you a more specific count. But yeah, yes, I'll need to go through your books with the yeah. fine tooth yeah. comb and an so. abacus. I brought both well, of when, those when, with me. When we <laughs> if we take a break or whatever and refill our beers, I'll I'll double count the uh, double check the numbers. Okay, but, yeah. I did uh, bring yeah. my monocle, so we that's, will be doing that. I'm not going to show one. you the books. So I'm just going to go check, and then <laughs> okay. I'll let you know. Mm. I mean, maybe, so be, maybe it'd be useful. <laughs> <laughs> no, trust maybe, me. Maybe I, you'll see something we didn't see. I took yeah. a math sampler in college. You don't want me looking at your books and trying to <laughs> answer any questions. Um, so I think we should take a break because you guys are empty, and I'm uh, one big... Uh, St. Paul sip away from being empty. And so when we come back, I and do... Schluck. Uh, and schluck. Your what hurts? And schluck. Uh, uh, yes, and schluck, uh, that Which is uh, German Gesundheit. for butterfly, which there are many out there. Um, Schmetterling. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Aaron, since you are the German expert, I'd like you to say we'll be right back with more a one-point stand after this break. We werden uns gerade zurückkommen mit der one-point stand. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you're enjoying a one-pint stand. My aim is to help spread the word about craft beer. Enjoying craft beer is a passion of mine, and I love chatting about it with other people. A one-pint stand has a goal of helping breweries tell their stories. I love to get out in and beyond Minnesota to visit breweries, beer bars, and meet other interesting beer people. If you are also into those things you probably want to keep tabs on the show. So go ahead and follow A One Pint Stand on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We would also appreciate any and all positive reviews on Spotify and iTunes to help make it easier for other craft beer listeners to find us. If you like reading about craft beer, I started my own blog, and all of my writing can be found at aonepintstand.com. After eight years of writing as editor-in-chief at Beer Pluma, it was time for me to start my own blog. So make sure you check out the blog for some interesting craft beer content of the written variety. I truly appreciate you listening and taking time to enjoy our stories. Now, back to the show. All right, we're back after a little bit of a break. Uh, again, this is an on-location episode of a one-pint stand down here at Giesenbroy Beer Company in New Prague, Minnesota. I'm being joined by Aaron and Tom, and we're having a heck of a time. feel like I could just lean back and not fall over on these nice uh, backless <laughs> benches. I don't care what you say. It's true. Frau O'Malley, these are wonderful. Um, so uh, we, we've got we've refilled our glasses. Uh, the first segment we were drinking the award-winning Hildes Hellas, and now yeah. we have a plethora of flavors. Uh, we've got the Belgian Trappel, which is very nice. The Black IPA, which was brewed in collaboration with the fine folks at Unmapped Brewing. And then we've got the Hefeweizen, which is just, uh, you know, like Aaron mentioned earlier in the first segment, the OG Hazy. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just, I'm just having a really fun time talking <laughs> with you two gents about beer. Before the break, uh, we were talking about um, brew house and... Uh, while Aaron would not let me look at their books uh, with my own eyes, he did uh, confirm the exact number of barrels that they brewed in the last year. He was not off. He was only off by two. They no. brewed 402 uh, four, barrels. 402 barrels, yeah. So, um, 
And that's a good segue into the wild world of distribution yeah. and cans. And so uh, we talked about uh, you had purchased a canning line. And uh, so just kind of uh, maybe if you want to take me through that process when you, re- when you uh, realized uh, you wanted to get into distribution, kind of what were those yep. conversations, maybe what were some of the uh, precursors to that? Um, I'm just curious well, about how that all came to be. Yeah. COVID. Well, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, COVID. Yeah. So like, we, I mean, New Prague has been great. It's a lovely small community, and we've got a lot of support down here, but we were, we were kind of hitting what felt like a little bit of a plateau, so we decided maybe it was the time after COVID to invest in a canning line and make our reach a little further. Um, and once we started talking about that, then you know the dominoes started falling. Becca was like, hey, let's, I found this girl, Lena, in Minneapolis that can help us rebrand. And she did this. <clears throat> she did a rebrand with Unmapped. With Unmapped as right, well, yeah. Right, you know, they, so that's kind of where we found her. And now we're, you know, we've, we've kind of known those guys for a while, too. So we're like, yeah. hey, what do, you, what do you know about Lena? And right. they're like, she's fantastic. And so she is fantastic. She's been amazing. Yeah. yeah. I would say that um, I'm, I'm looking out the window. You know, you're talking about rebranding. Um, I would describe your, your, the previous logo as very kind of classic yeah. German. For sure. Um, and I think the, the new logo... Uh, is very much still like it's it's it straddles the line between like a classic kind of beautiful thing and kind of a modern colorful yeah. look. And that was our whole hope is we yeah. didn't want to like we, we didn't mind our original logo, um, but we knew if we were getting into distribution, we wanted to solidify our brand, you yeah. know, with our with our colors and and have a a really eye catching logo without without getting too crazy like it's you know? it's traditional and it's still modern which is yeah, kind of like the, the colors room, like traditional well. and modern and like that's yeah yeah we we knew we couldn't get away with what like lupulin does with their can design well yeah because you know, there's only there's only one marcus exactly right <laughs> we knew we couldn't get away with that so we're like how do we create a traditional look without you know looking old Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One well, and there's there's so many flashy cans out there and we wanted something that was that matched like the fact that we make beer flavored beer. We wanted a can that was like consistent like it, all of our cans have a similar was, feel to them but like how was Lena's design and that was Lena like idea. The, yeah, the beer she, flavored beer was her idea. Yeah. Like, that is such a perfect yeah moniker to go by like is like that's that's really what we go for. Yeah. Ooh, I'm pros it's playing. Oh, now we have to take a drink. Here we go. Oh, let's get a cheers. Ah, mm. uh, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but we, yeah, we yeah. just, we wanted to expand because we're, we, we needed to expand out of New Prague, essentially. You know, the community has been great, but we wanted to get We were starting to gain a little steam within the brewing community. It seemed like people knew, you know, other brewers kind of knew who we were and and knew that we made a solid product. But if we talked to the, you know, the average beer drinker at a brewery in the cities, they'd have no clue who we were. And it it was not that that's a huge deal, but it was like, well, you know, we want to expand our reach. We want people to know that we're an option. 
and that we're not that far away and yeah, they, right. they can come down and enjoy our space you know if we can get more people to think like you that'd be great it's only a hop, skip, and a jump it's from St. Paul. It's not that far. Be careful what you wish for, because I also believe that there should be a cheese fondue fountain in every government building. So okay, well, uh, I got some well, government ideas <laughs> specifically about your idea of how distance we are from uh, okay, the city. That That's sense. what I meant. More sense. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it is really well, not that far. We also, when we were at beer festivals, people would come around and people were like, "Oh my God, we love your beer!" Like. I don't know how many times at Duluth we had a Hellas and a Dunkel, and we'd get people that were like, wow, you have beer. You don't have a hazy pastry stout, glitter beer, whatever, sour. You just have a beer that tastes like beer, and I love it. Where can I get it? And we're like, well, right now we're in the tap room. And a lot of people in Duluth are from all over the state. So right. that also was kind of a nudge like, hey, if we can get some beer into the cities, that gives people, we can be like, oh, no, we're in a handful of places in the cities. We're in some other outlying places and that. That was a, also a push in the direction of like, hey, let's see if we can expand a little bit. Yeah, and I think, so um, something that you just, you just said kind of like pinged in my brain. I think it's, <laughs> I think the, depending on where you go to talk to somebody about beer, there, there's, there's such a broad spectrum of, of tastes, um, preferences, and different things like that. Um, but really, I think like if if you were to use a, a venue, uh, an event as a barometer for what the what I would classify as a craft beer geek feels, I think All Pints is a great barometer for that. Um, sure, it's yeah. it's one of the it's one of several uh, Minnesota Craft Brewers Guild uh, beer festivals. And I really do think that they do a nice job of, like, pulling out all the stops to make it a, a really good festival from the standpoint that you're going to be trying um, really quality beers. Uh, some of the other bigger beer festivals, um, you're not going to find necessarily something super special. You're probably going to find um, flagships being poured out of cans. But The big thing about All Pints is that Everybody in the industry knows that that's, that's that's the fun one. That's the event. Everybody wants to go to it. Well, that's so. the fun one now that there's no longer Winterfest. So yeah. tune in for yeah. previous episodes. Well, autumn autumn brewery view is also. Yeah, I think it. I think what it is well, is a lot of brewers, a lot of owners like going up to Duluth and making a weekend out of it. It's it's and our it's since, a mini vacation for us. Yeah. Since, since that's what the case, everybody knows. Like ooh. We got to bring some some solid beer to Duluth because one, there's going to be people that actually care about what we bring, like you know the other brewers, other like you know just the attendees are yeah. more beer focused. They want to taste good beer. They I, don't just want anything. I you feel know? like Duluth yeah. has a higher percentage of of brewers and brewery owners that are actually there manning the booth and like engaged right. with that community as, a, as opposed to a lot of other festivals where. Nothing sales. wrong with it, but you have the sales guy yeah. or you have yep. the distributor representing that brand or whatever, yeah. and and it's not it's not as engaging to the community itself. But at like Duluth and some, you know, there's a few festivals like that where you actually get like Tom and I stand in there and you get to yep. talk to us and yeah. and engage and and at that point, yeah, we're gonna bring the beer that we think is gonna impress people the most, you know, because yeah. we right. wanna we wanna want people to walk away going like, damn, that was a good fucking Hellas. Yeah. Distro. 
bringing it back to that. Um, you put your beers in cans. You got a canning line. Yeah. Um, how uh, how have the beers been received? Really well, honestly. Yeah. It's, it's been almost a challenge to keep up at times because uh, we've, yeah, we, we've got some places that are constantly asking for more, and that's, that's yeah. a good thing. And we're, we're only in about 10 accounts in the cities, and they're... We we sell out and then we go. We can only go up every two weeks and sometimes we can only go up every month. It just depends on how much beer we have, which we can only make so much beer on our on our ten barrel system, which has to do with the fact that we're brewing a lot of lagers. Right. So yeah. well, and you're brewing them the right way, so they take extra time. They do take right. time. Yeah. Yeah. If if somebody wanted to uh, you know roll the dice and pop into a place and hope to find uh, your beer on the shelves. Where are some of the places that people can find your, uh, your so, beers? Southlandale Liquors and France 44. Uh, we're also on Bibulous, Dabbler Depot, uh, Wine Thief in the Ale Jail. Elevated. Elevated, both the White Bear location and in uh, Minneapolis. Uh, we're at Stinson's. We're at Central Ave. Uh, oh, okay. we're also in the Richfield Liquor Municipal oh, yeah, on Liquors, Lindale. Yeah. Okay. Um, I believe those are our, was that 10? Yeah, and, and there's yeah. more. That and we're have in a lot out. of the south suburbs. Okay. There's um, more that have reached out. It's just, yeah. We need to get there. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. We, we've, yeah. we've got some other inquiries and we've got some other places that would like to bring us on, but I unfortunately had to say, like, well, I'd like to give you beer, but I don't have any beer to give you. Yeah. You know, and. And That's those, those the places really, we're in have, yeah. been, have done really well, and we want to make sure that yeah. Yeah. they keep you know, receiving product. So, well, I have to imagine that the overall positive takeaway from all this is when you're at a beer festival or you're, you know, getting feedback from liquor stores is people are really enjoying the product. Yeah. And it's just an extension of what this place is in a can. Yeah. Um, and hopefully I, is there, I wish there was a way to chart, of course, you know, I've been saying we should all be, you know, microchipping people for years for, for different reasons but like if you could have somebody you know uh, somebody who buys a six pack at a liquor store and then figure out how ma- what percentage of those people make their way down to the brewery to see you know okay this is I mean they're really getting the tip of the iceberg you know yeah, wouldn't sure. you it's, wouldn't it be great to figure out how many people are making their way down would. well you always tell yourself like if i go to this festival in this town that's going to bring people into the brewery but there's there's never a way to actually like figure that out unless they tell you when they get here but very rarely do you actually hear that from somebody like oh i mean if they were at a festival they might say yeah i tried your beer at a festival but I think since we've been distributing, I know of one incident where somebody's like, hey, I bought your six-pack or your four-pack at this liquor store, and it made me come down to the brewery. A lot of people don't bother to tell you that, which would be great if they also told you that. Yeah. But the microchip, that sounds great. Yeah. yeah. Let's just track everybody. Yeah. No, just specifically their beer purchases, beer purchases and when they I come mean, down. Nothing else. I Nothing wish else. there was a way to yeah. do that because I think that would be really interesting. Yeah. Um, so from the time that you realized, okay, we want to – you know, putting beer in cans, we've got this great new art, we've kind of rebranded our logo from that conversation. Um, what was the process like looking for a canning line? Is it just like looking for a car? You kind of got your specifics? Or? It, it went in the other direction. We, oh, found okay. the can, <laughs> we found the canning line 
then we were like, well, if we're getting a new canning line, then we can't just get new labels. We need to do a full rebrand. So okay. the rebrand was actually started because we're like, okay, we're yeah. going to buy a canning line. And we're but we did definitely do some window shopping with the canning line. Yeah, I Looked spent, at a few different you know, brands and what I, we were looking for. I spent for. like four months talking to Alpha and a few other places before we finally decided on Alpha okay. with their compass. And Which, part of it is just that we've, we've been working with Alpha our entire brewery life so that made it easy and it was the it was the best priced for the amount of cans we could do per minute but on the level that we're at because you know like at there's certain tiers of canning lines and like sure the next tier up was like we, way too much for us but yeah they were the kind of the tier top up of, was like castle danger size yeah. oh well you know big old <laughs> yeah. we yeah. <laughs> running through cans like crazy exactly so we we don't we didn't need that but our canning line is is set up kind of like our brewery like we we can produce a lot if we didn't do lagers we could produce a lot more beer but the canning line yeah. we could can a lot of more we could can a lot of beer if we needed to but being being good germans we got to keep our lagers going yeah. we oh keep, yes you, know, you absolutely yeah. have to they, yeah they take their time and we let them take their time and yeah it's the nature of the beast yeah yeah so you know you can find giesenbroi beer at uh, a handful of liquor stores the the liquor stores that you mentioned though it's not like it's not like some random collection of like places you, you mentioned some really good ones like stinson elevated dabbler depot uh france 44 kind of the creme de la creme being able to be in uh, a place where you know that your beer is going to be uh respected yeah. handled well i think that was the um, big thing yeah. that, that's a big that deal. was it well we i mean we only have so much beer yeah and we want to get it in front of people that are we want to get it in front of people that when they walk down the aisle they're like oh a hellas i know what a hellas is because right. there's a lot of the general population that doesn't necessarily know what a hellas is and so we wanted to be in places where people would be able to understand that or that the people that were working there could explain that and we we didn't we only have so much so we didn't want to reach out to everybody yeah. you know we've been really trying to focus on the places that focus on craft beer and and do a lot of that so yeah well, it's it's nice because I mean I've been in some of the the bigger liquor stores. I'm not in danger of losing their sponsorship, but Total Wine, oh my God, that's where beer goes to die. That is, I mean, that's really like it's like the whether well, they make the joke uh, Halloween Express or whatever that store. That's basically the Halloween Express for beer because um, they don't have you know yeah they probably move a lot of volume and stuff, but you I've rarely been. Uh, at a total wine and been able to have anybody answer a question with a lot of knowledge and like you know like well, it's kind of so sad. much in those places well yeah there's so there's too much too much and you yeah. might have the same beer in four different locations and that just doesn't make any sense um, but yeah it's it's nice to hear that not only you know you you've you've invested a lot in a canning line and you know that that beer is being treated as it should being talked about as it should by people who know what they're they're talking about so that's that's very exciting why not just stick with the tap room and maybe try to uh, expand the brew house obviously like the profit margins when you're selling a beer over the counter are much higher than when you're packaging and doing all that and sending it off to a liquor store what were those conversations like part of it and i mean we're at this point we're not really looking to expand too much more into liquor stores 
because um, we we want to continue to be in a place where we are being respected and focused. People and, know us, but we want to. Yeah. It, it's putting your cans on a liquor store shelf is one of the best advertisements to try and get people to come down. Yeah, you know, if if people like. You can talk about your brewery all day long, but until they actually try your beer, it's hard to get them to come down. Yep. And now that we're in those places, it makes it a lot, hopefully a lot more likely that somebody will pick up a four-pack in one of those liquor stores and then be like, you know what? We really got to get down there. Like, let's go this Saturday. Let's make, let's make the trip and whatever. And so it's kind of that, using it as a billboard to get people to come, yeah. come down. Because, yeah, indeed, we're... We're getting to that point, but we, yeah, we New, can't... New Prague is really good at drinking beer. Yeah. But... Even they have their limits. Even them, you know. Yeah. We can only sell so yeah. much beer over the bar right. in a town <laughs> right. of this size. Because um, we're only 8,000 people down here, you know, and we we do our fair share of, Some of, of beer sales. Kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Half of that That's population true. is under 21, I think. Yeah. yeah, so... That's true. Have you, you know, so th- uh, have you ever done a root beer? Well, so we have 1919 on tap. Okay, all right. I mean, like, I mean, 1919 is... It's pretty solid. It's, it's, I, yeah, I, it's I don't decent. think there's a point in us. I don't want to deal with the... Yeah. It's a lot of sugar. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we, they already make a great product, so we're going to keep yeah. brewing beer and broke, not worry about... Don't fix it. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the advertisement of cans to come down to the brewery. I want to talk about, you know, what, what you do in the brewery. Now, obviously, <clears throat> a good taproom experience it starts with the people pouring the beer the people engaging um the people coming in and i think that there's i've seen a a whole spectrum of of i've i've experienced uh, the good the bad and the ugly um i think i was talking with uh, somebody at uh Broken clock on Saturday. They had their member appreciation weekend, and I was we were we were discussing. We were talking about like I I was re- recounting a, an experience I had in Asheville, where it's like you know the the beers I had at this one place were fine, but the customer service was awful. I'm like I wouldn't go back there again. I don't care. I don't no. care that their beers were good, and and that's a that's a, a catalyst for a unique type of experience is when people can come in the door and feel welcomed and feel like they're part of something special and feel like they belong. Yep. And, and, and that's a, that's a very complicated experience depending on your background. Um, but what do, what types of ways do you engage the people that come in the door at Giesenbroi? I mean, it kind of starts, like you said, with who we have working for us, which helps a lot. I mean, it's we're very family-focused. We have a lot of family working for us. But then, you know, our two main employees are our brothers that have been with us. They're, they're the other family. The other family. You know, it's like, like It's still a family business. It's just we have two families working. And they're here all the time. And we know their character. We know who they are. We know, you know what they're, they stand they're for. They're also a local New Prague family. Yeah. Not... not not like the Geesons, but they've been in town for, I don't know what, 30 some odd years. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, making everybody feel like they're a part of the family and making sure that they come in, they're, they're greeted with a smile and they're. Actually, you know. I think, I think everybody that we've ever hired 
before we hired them, I said, Tom, do you know this guy? And he's like, oh, yeah, I coached him in basketball. Or, oh, yeah, I, uh, yeah. I, I went to school with that guy. Or, oh, I, you know, whatever. Or, like, the one guy that works for us, his wife graduated with, with my wife. So, I mean, everybody that works here is is part of the town and part of the family. And so we're all very invested. Like, even those guys are invested in this because they were all super excited when we opened because there wasn't a brewery in New Prague, and now they have a place to hang out as well. And, so and their they, families are here just as much as ours. Yeah, and, and they, they want to see this place succeed as much as we do, which is helpful. We don't have people that are just clocking in and clocking out. Like, they're... And that also helps the customer experience because then they're engaged with the customers that are coming in and trying to make it the best experience for for everybody. Sure. I think that that has to be... I mean, there... As, as we've been talking, I've been thinking in my head, you know, that you've, you've hit on a lot of things that must be really gratifying for you from the, from the initial step of just starting a brewery to having the beers be well-received and, you know, seeing people come in and being really, uh, having the feeling like they're part of something really special and unique. Um, yeah. I just think that's great. What types of activities do you have? Like in a, in a regular week, you know, somebody in town, if they haven't been, if they're not one of the five families and they just moved right. down here, right. uh, what, <laughs> what, I'm going to make you a Hellas you can't refuse. You know? uh, you're going <laughs> to try to, yeah, so I did play uh, Marlon Brando. You have to take uh, your mouth you know, balls out? Yeah, it's like, oh, God. God, God. <laughs> what are you going to do an Italian Pilsner? Um, we did do an Italian Pilsner. <laughs> oh, hey. We did. Which we should do again. Yeah, anyway, sorry, side note. Side note, production meeting, yep. success. <laughs> um, you know, if somebody is coming in uh, for activities, I know that, like, a lot of breweries do different things that, like, once a week, like, Tuesday yep. is this night, Wednesday is this night. So we do, you do guys have a set uh, trivia, trivia every first and third Thursday. <laughs> we have a... That's all through Trivia Mafia. So, yep. you know, everybody knows Trivia Mafia. Yeah. They're, they're awesome. And... Uh, is it every fourth Sunday? Yeah, the fourth of the Sunday of every month is Sunday Steins and Polka Time. Ooh! Because of course we got you know mini Oktoberfests throughout the year. Yeah, come on out and listen to to Polka and drink liters of of Hellas and. Yeah, so we we actually yeah. team up with a local radio station KCHK KCHK, and they have a connection to a lot of local polka bands, yeah. and so on that on that fourth Sunday, uh, three to six, it's like happy hour. We get pretzels. Yeah. You can get leader. Are those the pretzels that you have at the Oktoberfest? Yeah, yeah, yep. same ones. Same ones. Yep. Yeah, those pretzels are so good. They're fantastic. Yeah. One year I waited too long and they ran out, and mm-hmm. I, yeah. I felt like my world was crashing down around <laughs> me. It was not good. It happens. Yeah, yeah. So just yeah. don't wait on the pretzels. But yeah, yeah well, so next the fourth, time. <laughs> yeah. the fourth Sunday of that we're doing that, and we, it's actually been, it's been really good. So we, we may expand yeah. that and start doing the second and fourth Sundays, having the Sunday signs and polka time. So if you ever have a hanker in for polka. Yeah. You know. I kind of back to yeah, the German feel of the brewery. I, I, we tried live music, like, you know, having guitar players and having whatever. And it didn't really fit the vibe and people weren't really into it. But as soon as we were like polka, like nobody walks into a German theme brewery on a Sunday afternoon, hears polka and goes, well, I'm leaving. They're like, <laughs> oh, this is awesome. Like, right. they have a good, Give you know, it's Give me a festive. liter of beer. Yes, yeah, that's right. I will it's take like, a big one. Like, like let's go. It's instinctive. It's just yeah. like in the yeah. DNA. We've got so, that. We've got, uh, and fall is really our busy season. We've got um, 
our Oktoberfest coming up. Yep. October 6th and 7th. That's always a, uh, a great know. time. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. I can attest. I've been yeah. here many. I've been here for many a, an Oktoberfest. Yeah. It'll be, uh, you know, polka all day, both days, stein holding contests. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll, fest beer will be flowing. It'll be, that's always a good time. And the Perkles. Yes. Uh, brought. Truck. Yeah, por- pork and dumplings. Pork and dumplings. Pork and dumplings. Yes. But they also have brats. They yes. do have brats. But yes, pork and dumplings, it's a it's a staple around here. Yeah. And it is fantastic. Pork dumplings, sauerkraut. Yeah, there's there's it's a lot to works, a lot it works to really love well with yeah. the beer. about that that marriage of food and beer. Yeah. And uh, you do it's kind of wall to wall music. You get an extra Yeah, we big, we, huge we bring in tent. a big old tent. Uh-huh. I've been I've been here for many of the uh, I've experienced Oktoberfest in the afternoon, in the evening, yeah. in the rain, in the shine. Uh, but yeah. the one constant is that it's always a good time. It is. Yeah. Stein yeah. holding contest. Stein holding well, last that year. That was new. Oh last yeah, year. last year. But it, it was, was great. It people did really well. That. Yeah. And it was it was super fun though. People got into it. Yeah. Cheering and yeah. I mean the the whole point of Oktoberfest. It's really one of the celebrations that. There's no like tiptoeing around it. Like it, the focus is drinking beer. Yeah. And so you come in, you get a liter of beer, and you have a good time. Like that is the whole point. You let go, all your cares go away, and you just enjoy your fellow man and drink. Yeah, for sure. You know, some some other fe- festivities, you you have other motives or whatever, but that one is really just about enjoying the beer and enjoying life and enjoying the celebration. And I feel like uh, in Minnesota. Oktoberfest comes at a perfect time because for me, once the state fair is over, I'm pretty much done with summer. Right. I want right. I want it to be cool at night. Give me my sweatshirt. I, yeah, I want my sweatshirt. <laughs> I want to sit around a bonfire yeah. Yeah. and I want my beers to be malty. Oh, yeah. And I want them to be uh plentiful Gosh, <laughs> to take the nip out of the air seductive. and i want uh <laughs> hey yo, welcome to a one pint stand after dark <laughs> <laughs> we're here to talk about knockwurst <laughs> um oh, <boy>. so <laughs> you know but but also like yeah like you don't you don't want to you know uh, a pretzel the size of a city bus steering wheel in july when it's 95 and true, humid true. you want it in october For when sure. it's like 65 degrees and it's crisp and the gophers are playing football and it's like it just there's something about that time of year that i feel is so perfect for gathering with friends drinking beers and aaron like you said just like putting aside you know the stress of the work week and just just focusing on community which is what this entire business seems to really have figured out which i and that's i mean there's a lot of reasons i love coming down here but the community aspect is is kind of one of the yeah. you know in the top and that's because it's, it's yeah. special. Kind of what we're getting known for, and and we we love it. Like we have a lot of fundraisers. We have a lot of you know people wanting to do community events with us because they know that we care. We're we're a part of this community, and we we want it to thrive, and we want it to be you know a a great place for people to be in. So I think that's been really big for us. Yeah. 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 So in a in a kind of a stark contrast to the, you know, 
baggy sweatshirts and you know pretzels you also do a santa speed dash a speedo dash uh, kind of a thing in uh, december talk to me about that that's a that's kind of a fun uh fun thing it's uh something i did in denver a few times before we moved out here and opened the brewery but just on your own or just yeah just on my own (laughs) just just, for fun yeah (laughs) no a a couple of friends of mine hey saint nicholas day where's my speedo i gotta go for a jog (laughs) yeah yeah run out all those beers yeah exactly no, it's a, it's a charity fun run. I, I I like tend to think of it as like a polar plunge. You know, you put on the least amount of clothing you're willing to wear, which for about twenty to twenty five percent of us is actually just a speedo. Yeah. And then we go run a one k in the cold. <laughs> yeah. So it's um, not very far. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not, not a, much of a one k. It's point six of a mile. It's really nothing. But we raise money for Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's and yeah. We when we have a lot of. A family that has been affected by Alzheimer's okay. and people in the community. So that's another, yeah. just another. another way we have it. a big ALS fundraiser. We yep. have a, a big cancer fundraiser coming up. It's a lot of people in the community have been affected by these different things, and we want to take them, raise money for them, and have fun yeah. doing it, and make it a. Well, we've we've got you know, the we have the space, and we have the ability to let them come in and, and run a fundraiser and, and raise money and bring awareness and and donate to those causes so that they can help find a cure or, yeah, you know, help right. make, make people's lives easier that are afflicted by those. Yeah. I think that's one thing about uh, craft breweries that often goes uh, maybe under the radar or maybe not as not as promoted as it should be. And, and I get it because, like, if, if a brewery is doing a fundraiser, they, you know, there's this idea, and I think it's very Minnesotan. You don't want to toot your own horn about something that you're doing, but for sure, there's some tremendous philanthropic efforts that craft breweries are doing, and I yeah. think that's really cool. I think that's, um, you know, not every industry has that just immediate, like, kind of almost natural feel about, hey, how can we give back to our community? How can we how can we embrace a cause that we've been affected by and do some good? And I think For that's sure. really awesome. Like the, uh, was it the Resilience IPA that everybody did dealing with the wildfires? Yeah, um, the California one. They did Lupulin and Mankato. Didn't they do a... Uh, yeah, they do the... Uh, Oh gosh, Hero IPA. Yes, yeah. yes. You know, like, and it's it's something that is real easy to do. You know, it's you're, it's not like it's you know going completely out of your way. You just know that you're doing something good for people, and yeah. it's yeah, that's important. Well, and we like to yeah. participate in Women's Day. Yeah, every March every, we brew a beer year. and then donate to the Minnesota Women's Foundation, or what's yeah, the, Minnesota Women's. It's yeah. you know. We did Ruth Bitter Ginsburg for a few years, and then yeah. we switched to uh, Madam Vice President. Yeah, and MVP. MVP. And, uh, yeah, those are, it's all you know, good, you know. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. For the uh, Santa Speedo Dash, is there a registration? Do you have to... Yeah, so there's a there's a registration check? fee. You know, there's sure no background checks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, because, you know... The guys from uh, Head Flyer. I've got, I got, I I got wonderings about a they couple slip of them. In. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, they somehow show up every year. Yeah. Anyway, there's a registration, and <laughs> you get a, we have hats and the whole the whole nine yards. So. Yeah, we always do a collaboration with Head Flyer with yeah. for that for that for the Santa Speedo Dash, and those guys are, you know, some of our good friends in the industry. Yeah. Always yeah. Uh, always have a good time. Yeah, they're fu- they're fun to fun to hang out with. 
Um, yeah. They're they're good people as well. Um, is the, the the beer that you collaborate with is that always the same style or a different one? Uh, we've changed it up. Yeah, we've, um, well, because we've it's been the last two years that we collaborated with them, right? It's the been more than three. that. Because we did the we did like a, a kind of a winter ale, like a spruce tip. We did a spruce tip. Oh I yeah, I remember this past <laughs> yep. year. Yeah. Just the tip. Just the tip. Just, <laughs> that's right. I was gonna say. It. <laughs> well, I didn't want to say it. it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know what and we'll then, do this year. And then we did, yeah, yeah, we did a winter ale. And one year we, we kind of did a Tom and Jerry. Yeah, we like did a. Have you ever had a, a Tom and Jerry? Like, Ooh. We, we oh, that would be we good. We did a uh, mini barrel aged version of it. Yeah. Where we did, uh, yeah, rum. Rum. And uh, why can't I think right now? Brandy. Brandy. Rum and yep. brandy, and then we add some cinnamon and nutmeg, and it was. Yeah. That was pretty tasty. Yeah, might have to do that again. Yeah. And that's usually the very. The, is that the first always Saturday kind of like the of first Saturday of December? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, right around the yeah. time of Saint and Nicholas the more Day. People we can get the better. We basically you're running around in a speedo with a Santa hat, and if we can get enough people, kind of we, we like we to what's not traffic, to love. You know? <laughs> we like to stop traffic. We do yeah. stop traffic. Yeah, yeah. We run around the roundabouts out here, and every year, <laughs> yeah, we're everybody. We're getting a lot of honks. Yeah, it's a good yeah. time. Yeah. But we'd, we'd really like to see it get to the point where I have to call the city of New Prague and say, hey, we're going to need some assistance. You're going to have to shut down the road because we've got 400 people that are going to run this like, and yeah. raise that much more money for yeah. the, the cause. Plus, it would just make it that much more that's fun. That's the whole thing. We just try to make fundraising fun. Yeah. That's the whole deal. And I mean, we, that's and we want it. To that's be. it. And yeah. as I'm thinking about my personal lifestyle, you know, uh, usually Saturdays, yeah, I'm, I'm walking around in a speedo, but I'm not a runner. So maybe if there was one thing that could get me to there come you down, you slap know, on my lucky runs. speedo. Yeah, you can walk. you can walk it. Okay. Walk. I mean, you walk. just have to deal with the, you know, some. We've had a couple that were in the 30s, but we've had a couple that were 12 degrees with a minus 12 wind chill. Yeah. And. And then, you're, and then you're doing snow angels afterwards. Oh, yeah. my God. But, uh, you know, you make it through. It's only a 1K, there like better said. be a vat of <laughs> Hildy's Hellas after oh, there's, that. Uh, yeah, we, we typically, we brew you, a, uh, we also do a Speedo Claws. Yeah, Speedo Claws, hot chocolate stout. Hot chocolate stout. Oh. For, for that each year. Okay. Which and, is a, a crowd favorite. And part of the, the registration is you get a beer shot before and a full beer after. We usually do a beer shot of either like a barrel aged or an imperial stout or our double IPA or something, you know, to get you warmed up before you go out. Okay, so yeah. I can, that that might that might get me out. And you don't yeah. have to run. We'll yeah. see. We've had, we've had a lot of people that buy the registration, <laughs> I mean, take yeah. the hat, and they sit here and watch the rest of us go run around go, like fools in the sun. In, I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like running would be the right call just to get it. I mean, it is. You know what? Yeah. It actually gets the beer flowing through your blood quicker, so you're feeling great at the end. Yeah. 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 That's, well, that's, that's science. Yeah, that, that's science. awesome. So you, <laughs> sure. you, you got Oktoberfest uh, coming up. Uh, the first, uh, you said October 6th and 7th? 6th and yeah. 7th. So yeah. it's the, the weekend of the first Saturday in October. Okay. So the first Saturday of October is Oktoberfest. First Saturday of December is the uh, Santa Speedo Run. Yep. yep. Uh, so a lot of good stuff. And, you know, if you're just, if it's not those weekends, you're just looking for something to do. They've got trivia. They've got come in every fourth Sunday for the... Yeah. Steins. Steins and Poca Times. Steins and Poca Times. Uh, a lot of good stuff in the brewery. You know, um, you mentioned, you know, doing doing things, doing outreach for different, um, like, charities or, or causes. Um, kind of a dis- uh, conversation that I've had it, with, with other breweries who are located um, kind of outside of the 694, 494 loop. Um, 
you're very progressive and empathetic people, uh, owners and parts of this, you know, brewery. Do you find it difficult to uh, maybe embrace a cause that may be seen as too progressive for the community where you are? And, and how do you navigate that? Um, I mean, definitely there are times we're not the most popular people in town. <clears throat> and we know that. It's, uh, but at the same time, we're, we're trying to stand up for something that we believe in. Um, everybody is a person, you know, there's yeah. no, there's we, no difference between me and the next person. So why should they be treated any differently? And, uh, and I, I mean, we, we've had some pushback from some people, but it, at the end of the day, we still have people that come in. We still have our support and even the people that have given us pushback, if we get a chance to talk to them and explain why we're, you know, that way they they come back around. They typically understand you know? why we are the way that we are. And, yeah. Uh, they have no, I don't know. I think some people just feel like it rubs them the wrong way, but it's, you yeah. know, this is how we feel it should be, you yeah. know? Yeah. And there's, there's always going to be a difference of opinion, you know, especially when you live in certain areas. Sometimes you don't have everybody on the same page, but yeah. We do our best to to not make that like an issue and just try to talk to people and and I mean we we've we've had some some people come and go and that's part of part of business too you know right but I've I've had opportunities where I ran into those people at other places and had a chance to talk to them and explain myself and now they come back into the brewery because they weren't you know they just they took it on the surface and we had to explain ourselves a little bit but that's you know whatever we can do in our community which is you know i grew up here i know you know what it was like growing up here and i know what it is now it's you know it's not a very diverse community um so any way we can help introduce it to people and, and let them understand you know there is a lot more out there and that you can't be so narrow-minded um, is important. Yeah. Uh, I think we, we actually have a, a racial justice book study coming up. Yeah. Uh, that a whole series that'll be going on for, is it, I don't know how long. It's like Six 10 weeks, weeks. 10 weeks. Yeah. That's awesome. It's actually um, right across the street from us is Holy Trinity Church. Okay. And they're, they're quite progressive as well. And they've, they've been on our... They're on the same page as we same are. Same wavelength. Yeah. Yeah. And they're the ones that are actually doing the the book study. And they reached out to us. They're like, hey, can we do the book study at your brewery? And yeah. That's so, fantastic. So that so will it, be it, starting up next month. There's there's a lot of people in town that are actually coming around. And, and you know, there's a lot of other people in town that do feel the same way we do. And it's just sometimes it's easy to get bogged down in the headlines. Right. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Well, I think it's always worth, like you said, having a conversation. I think... If you, if you, if we were, I think the climate right now in this country is just so divided. But yeah, really, sure. um, that's another thing I like about craft beer is that you can come into a craft brewery, and you you know you have one thing in common with the person sitting across the table from you. You both like beer. Yeah. And that can be a nice like way to kind of have a civil conversation sure. and at least um, you know so that. We're not all the same, but I think 
at the end of the day, we do have more in common than not. I think there's just some people that have a hard time seeing other sides. And they're yep. so stuck in their own mindset without really thinking of other people. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, with how social media is now, people can get in their own little world and they never come out. And right. That's just all they see. So it's, yeah, it's important to us to, to make sure people see other sides. Yeah. Well, and it's and imp- one thing I've, I was going to say, on, I've, we've noticed people, like there, there are people that don't get sucked into that that come in here that we know have different views than us and we've talked about it, but, yeah. but above those particular opinions is beer. Yeah. Yeah. And they come yeah. in and they drink the beer we and we have, have civil people, conversations and that gives you an opportunity yeah. to exchange and to yeah. regulars yeah. that we know don't necessarily see eye to eye with us, but they can have a conversation about it and they may eventually, you know, come around to, to understanding where we're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that those topics and those challenging things when you're coming from different backgrounds, those conversations are easier to have face-to-face For sure. in a brewery For sure. than over a keyboard. And I think that is a good thing that you provide just the, the, the venue and the place for people to feel like my voice matters, um, you know, they can come in here and have a conversation with other members of their community. That's why craft beer is so important. Beer brings people together. For sure. And we're not all the same. No. And I no. think that, like... But that's under- that's the beauty of it. We're not yeah. all the same. Right, And exactly. we should celebrate that. Just like your tap list, there's a lot of different things to drink, and there's a lot of different viewpoints, um, conversations to have, so... I think that's really awesome. I think I know that like it's one thing for a brewery, um, you know, in a with in the cities in a, in the more um, urban area to take stands. But I just I've talked to breweries that you know want to kind of lean into different causes that are near and dear to their hearts, and because of where they are, that can be tricky. For um, sure, but it, it uh, is. And you know it it's, might. It, we probably we've done took that a, a couple hit. times, and and but we we felt we felt it was important to do it. Yeah. And you know, there's there's you know, more to to life than money. Yeah. And, and yes, like we want to be a successful business, but we don't want to do it at the expense of other people. You yeah. know, we don't want to be ignoring things that shouldn't be happening. Yeah. Yeah. If it if it you know. At all, if we can. So, well, and I applaud you both for doing that. And I know it's not easy, but I'm thankful that yeah. you do that. Um, so, one last thing I want to talk about is, um, you know, we we started off drinking the Hildes Hellas. Yeah. And uh, as we were, if you come into the tap room and you look just to the left of the uh, the beer list, you will see some framed. Awards. Yeah. So let's talk about um, the Minnesota Brewers Cup. Yeah. Have you won several several awards over the years? Uh, when um, when an opportunity come comes up for you to send a beer off to a beer competition, uh, is that something you get excited about, or do you feel like, well, we kind of have to because we're a craft brewery? I think for us, it's it's exciting because. 
I mean, we're drinking our beer all the time. It's nice to get some actual feedback from people who are judging not drinking it. our beer all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. maybe not standing right in front of us and drinking it and then like, oh, this is so good. It's so great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's nice to get feedback and, and kind of get a handle on what, where our beer is at. And really, yeah. that's my biggest takeaway from competitions. I mean, it's, it, it's, it, it's yeah. just a barometer. I mean, because you get all kinds of random feedback, but it's it helps you kind of gauge, like, well, we're on the right track or we're not on the right track. And winning an award, as we said, like, it, we get a lot of compliments that we that mean more to us than anything from other brewers, from people from Germany, from whatever, like we said earlier. But, like, winning an award is that solidification where it's like, okay, it's not just people saying that, like, also the judges and also the community, like, recognizes that hey, this is a, a quality beer. And that's that's gratifying. Yeah, you and know. for us, from the beginning, we knew if, if we could have one beer be, you know, the beer that we are known for, it would be the Hellas. And so yeah. far, that's yeah. kind of been... And that's what we are. I feel like that's playing out pretty that's well. That's working okay. <laughs> yeah. like a, so. How many... We spent three and a half, four years... Just trying to, yeah, just tiny little tweaks to try to just get it to exactly to, where we want to it to it be. And like, like it's, what it tastes like, yeah. It's nice now to be at a point where we're like, hey, this is our Hellas, and this is what we want people to drink. And yeah. that's it's cool to get that award. To, to Especially be like, for that hey, kind of beer. Is, yeah. Hellas know? lagers in general are, are difficult. People don't understand, I think, if they're outside of the industry, that it's not an easy style to brew. You can't really hide behind anything. There's yeah. So it's it takes time, it takes, takes patience. It, yeah. And so it's nice to to be seen yeah. for that. Yeah. So how many total awards do you have over there? I see at least uh, three. Those have, are just from last year, I we guess. Actually, we have four. Yeah. Okay. Well, so at least from the guild, yeah. From the guild. Yeah. Because we got. We got so Hellas. Hellas got last time they did the Brewers Cup. Hellas got second place, and we won a second place for our barrel aged Imperial Stout, the Nova Prahamed, which we yeah. release in bottles about once a year. Yeah, it'll, it'll be out again. That like, beer, yeah, is it should be out again around Thanksgiving. Yes, okay. Yeah. Um, and then this year we won first place for the Hellas and second place, which. We entered it. We know it's a good beer, but we were all just like, holy, sh-. like we couldn't, we were, we were all not expecting it. We, we weren't were just, even paying attention. We were still <laughs> coming down from the Hellas win. We were like, yeah. oh my God, we won for Hellas. Yeah. And then they're like, Kiesenbroi Beer Co. for Bavarian Gangs. We're like, what? We won another <laughs> award? Like, yes. So we actually won for our IPA, which was. Oh, we got second. Second. Sorry, not one. We won an award. an award. Because Fulton 300 is fantastic. Yeah. Correct. Oh, yeah. Correct. I meant we won an award for our IPA, which. Yeah. Just also was like, well, fuck Which yeah, let's do that funny, too. Because Fulton 300, they were serving it at the award ceremony. And yeah, I think right. I had multiple, and I was like, yeah, 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 they should win. It's a great. They, they should win. No, we were we were humbled to win an IPA award because yeah. we focused so much on our lagers. So I mean, I thought yeah. I I'd never been to a Minnesota Brewers Cup uh, award ceremony before, but I was uh, blown away by, I mean the variety of of different categories and awards and things like that but like the just the the sheer positive energy in the at the depot that night was really sure. special i just thought well, that was really fun it's it's 
I don't know how many other states, if other people do this, but it's a great award ceremony because it gives people a chance, like like you said, there's 200 breweries in Minnesota now. How many breweries are there in Colorado? 450, maybe 600? I don't know. And California's probably got 1,000. Like, there's almost 9,000 breweries in the country. Yeah. GABF, if you can win an award, that's awesome. That means you stand out against, you know, that. But, like, that gives a lot of small brewers like us, like we feel like we barely stand a chance. And if we win at GABF, we're going to be ecstatic and we're going to be so humbled. But like Minnesota Brewers cup is not as big, but it still gives us a chance to, to stand out, you yeah. know? Well, and like, that's, that's, and it's, it's such a good vibe. It's, it's such a, a good community a industry thing. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a, it's all about Minnesota brewers of Minnesota beer. Yeah. Which is the fun part. And nobody has any animosity no. towards anybody else winning. Nobody's right. like, Nobody's uh, like you won that award. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, it's like, that is awesome, you know? Yeah. That so-and-so that we are friends with just won an award. And exactly. it's the coolest thing to be able to see them excited. And it's, that's what, yeah, like that's that a night, great event. Max for, won for the thing. We're good friends with Chan Hassan. I actually yeah. knew Max from, he brewed at Renegade in Denver. Yep. Yeah. And so I met him when I was at Colorado Plus in Denver. Okay. And it was funny little side note we actually met up at uh Bachfest in shells we didn't know we were going to be there but we were just like crossing paths oh that's funny and like i walked up I'm like max what's up and he's like hey man what's up and i'm like what are you doing here And he's like i moved back to minnesota opened a brewery and i'm like fuck you that's my line because <laughs> <laughs> we moved back within like a month of each other okay and that's when he opened was helping open uh dual citizen yeah like back in 2017 yep yeah, that's yeah, but it was yeah, it was. I've known Max for a long time, so then when he won the award and we won the Hellas, we were all just like, yeah, like yeah. it was the camaraderie was awesome. Yeah, that was that was a fun night. It and, was uh, and well deserved. Um, yeah, so you know this. Uh, if you are listening and you have not been down to Giesenbroy Beer Co yet, get your buns down here. They have a wonderful. It's it's the beers are fantastic. But I would say what makes it really special is that there's a true sense of community down here. And that is all comes from just like uh, the hearts of everybody involved. And I feel like you, uh, both of you, are really good human beings. And that definitely translates in the beer and the feel. Um, And so I'm just really, really happy uh, that you wanted to sit down and talk beer with me today. Well, yeah. So. Well, we honestly, for me... We appreciate you for being a voice in the being community you. because, you know, there's a lot of breweries in this state and there should be somebody who loves beer getting out and talking about it and getting people excited about it. And I think you do a great job. Well, thank you. That. that means a lot for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, I mean, it's a passion, you right. know, but it's, uh, it's really just like the good people that you meet, the, the things you get to learn about about beer about like i love to nerd out about beer i love to to just or just like sit back and just like talk you're just, just like us. you're like people. oh darn i gotta go to the brewery <laughs> that's right exactly oh, exactly you know <laughs> hey well worst ways to spend an afternoon so yeah. i want to thank you both for having me this has been a lot of fun thanks yeah. for coming um, down. again another uh, on location episode of a one pint stand down here at Giesenbroy beer company in new prague minnesota prost cheers prost 
And with that, we are at the close of another episode of A One Pint Stand. I want to thank Aaron and Tom for their hospitality as they so eloquently told the tale of how Giesenbroi Beer Co. came to be. Creating such a special place that the community can embrace and call their own is no easy feat. Not only are their beers well-made and delicious, but they act as a conduit for community and fun. I think that if you haven't been down there, you are really missing out because you need to experience the wonders of their taproom for yourself. So I don't want to tell you how to plan out your social calendar, but maybe you can finally check Giesenbroi off your list the weekend of October 6th and 7th when they have their Oktoberfest celebration. I know that I'll be there enjoying my fill of their fest beer, Broi Broi Broi. So until next time, this has been another episode of A One Pint Stand, a Minnesota craft beer podcast where the pants stay on, but the caps come off. Cheers. This is prepping me for when I go back and deal with teenagers again. La 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 Welcome to Rosetta Stone Live. If that makes try again. What did you call me? Today's German lesson. Ich möchte ein Bier. Ich möchte ein Bier, bitchy.